is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. to horror queers we're talking wicca bullshit we're talking goat milk and we're talking lesbian cheerleaders i'm joe and i'm trace and we're talking franchise self-starters that will never see a sequel what are you talking about i've seen part two and part three and they're fucking great (laughs) this fucking movie i can't believe the gall of this movie to fucking put (laughs) that at the end oh please it's like a james bond movie it's so nuts and to, to come from well one of these directors because one of them we've discussed before, and he's trash, but the other one is pretty good. But, you know, it. well, we'll talk about his career, I guess, uh, down the line. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, right, 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 sorry. We're talking about um, world-renowned horror filmmakers Lucky McKee and Chris Syvertson's All Cheerleaders Die, the 2013 version, which, again, as we mentioned last week at the end of our Hostel Part 2 episode, is a remake of their 2001 film... All mm-hmm. cheerleaders die? I mean, it's, it, was it a student film? It was a film that they made in high school together. Oh, good. So you did more research than I did. That works. Yeah, and apparently you cannot find the original version. So even though if you search this, it always comes up as a remake, you literally cannot find the original. Well, I think that's why they remade it. I mean, I assume. I also don't know that they were super happy with it. I found a couple of interviews where they talked about how they were responsible for, like, holding the boom mic, and their mom made sandwiches for the cast. So (laughs) I think they wanted maybe, like, a budget above $25 for the remake. How funny would it be if the original version was actually funnier or better than this remake? Wow, coming in with the hot takes two I know. minutes I'm, in, eh? I'm being, I'm being really rude on this. I, well, there are things that I like about it, but, 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 but before we get too deep into this, uh, we do have a guest on today's episode. Woohoo, first guest of the new year! I know, and it's one that uh, someone that I actually know personally, so this is actually really fun for me. Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, you've heard me tease her back in our episode on X-Files, I Want to Believe, which some of you may remember, I certainly don't. Uh, mm-hmm. She is the co-host of the Heavy Friending Podcast, a podcast that tracks the burgeoning friendship between her and local Austin media personality, Joe barlow she is the alter ego of my good friend laura lee bishop and a vocalist guaranteed to make you feel like you're living in 1987 please welcome the incredibly talented and versatile primo the alien hey welcome to the squad (laughs) bitch that's a line from the film (laughs) one of my favorites um eighth grade i was a cheerleader regrettably yeah regrettably well actually it was just you know kind of like a way to get out of class that was a big part of it. Nice. We were always yeah. getting out of class for practice, and practice was just, like, sitting on the floor of the gym. That's some privileged bullshit right there. Yeah, you know, when you're a popular eighth grader with braces and acne. So how high did they toss you up into the air? I was a tosser, not a tossy. I was I was oh. doing the tossing. <laughs> so no neck injuries. Yeah, no neck injuries oh, for me. I will say that I do think this movie gets off to quite a fun start, but uh, yeah, I, I we didn't get to do that in theater. Like I think like when we did like UIL, we got to get skip uh, skip lunch one day and play through lunch, which was really kind of useless. But good for you. Um, growing up in where again? Gilmer, Texas, really small farm town in East Texas. How was that living as an alien in oh, Gilmer, it was Texas? Just it was hard, you know. Um, I used to look <laughs> up into the sky at the stars and think of my home. 
my real home. Where are my parents? <laughs> <laughs> Why did they leave me here in this redneck town? <laughs> There's a lot of fun to be had in Gilmer, but um, yeah, it's uh, it is. If, if if anyone knows East Texas, it is very representative of East Texas. Yeah, it's uh, you've been there, you've seen. I've it. I've been there in once. all its glory. It's um, it's something. It's something. Cute. Yeah, <laughs> but we did have cheerleaders, and football was huge where I'm from. It's like we were state champs like three years in a row. It was just like a really big deal. So, but our cheerleaders sucked. Oh, uh, yeah. That's usually not how it goes. <laughs> I hope none of them listen to this podcast. They probably don't. They don't. They won't. They never will. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dead. They're they they all died. So, as the title of this film has confirmed, <laughs> this uh, this movie. Okay. Um. Well, we'll just dive right into this shit. So yeah, we're discussing all cheerleaders die. Released July twenty second, twenty fourteen, in a limited theatrical release. Although I could not find any box office information on it. So and I I think it went VOD maybe the same day. Maybe it did. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think that basically just means it played in one theater in Los Angeles and one theater in New York. Pretty much. Uh. Um. It was a TIFF movie though. It premiered at TIFF the prior September or the September prior. Correct. But you didn't see it. I was not living in Toronto at the time. Oh, okay. Well, that explains that. <laughs> but you can actually watch the Q&A on YouTube. The only problem is, is that the audio sucks balls. Oh, well, hopefully we don't run into that issue today. Uh, immersively brief runtime of 90 minutes, although I clocked it. It does end at the 84-minute mark. It actually does feel really short. It's part of the problem with this movie. Yes. I Like, by the time... They actually started killing people. I was like, oh, there's 20 minutes left of this movie. Mm -hmm. The last act of this movie feels like it could have been drawn out across two. And that ooh, the pacing in this film is an issue. I feel like it was just long enough for me. I I was happy. With the <laughs> I didn't need it to be any longer than it was. <laughs> Yeah, we're not saying that the 90 minutes or the 84 minutes is earned, <laughs> just that maybe the film might have been more successful had they given it a, f a little more breathing room. All right, here's my, like, overall, like, opinion of this movie. So I actually, I, I think some of it is funny, but it's another one of those movies, I think the reason why I, why I rate it so low, because this movie for me is a 2 out of 5. It's a movie that I feel thinks it's a lot funnier and more clever than it actually is. And of course, your mileage is going to vary, you know, humor is subjective. And it takes so long to get going. And it's not even because of character development. Like, I don't feel like besides Lena, I don't really know many of these girls. And so I feel like the hour of setup that we have for all this shit, because I mean, granted, there's a lot of shit happening in this movie at one time. It just feels so forgettable. It's very superfluous. Yeah. Like, we're just watching things happen. The whole beginning seemed, like, the whole setup of her, you know, going to get revenge for her friend or whatever, it was so unnecessary, really, to the plot of the movie. It was like, why, where, what, nothing. you know? Well, yeah. Everything in this movie comes to nothing. Yeah. I had to rewrite this plot synopsis, like, four times, because there just kept being scenes where I was like, should I include this? Because it doesn't actually turn into anything. Well, no, you should. I hope you did include that shit because we should say. Oh, I say, did because I'm stupid. padding the runtime. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and like, I don't know, man. It's, you know, good on these two straight men for doing a very queer horror film. Well, lesbian horror film, of course. This fan cheerleader fantasy that they were indulging well, in. There's a lot of butt shots in this movie. Uh, no, I wrote down like the first the, the first big one that I saw is when Tracy leaves to go eat that neighbor. And I was like, wow, that's a really prolonged shot of her ass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
It was a lot. Although I'm questioning whether or not Silverson is hetero. So I was going to go back to that. But remember, it's Cybertson. There's no fucking L in there. I will continue to persist. Say Silverstone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And still she persisted, Trace. So, Laura, I don't know if you <clears throat> you noticed this, but Chris Sybertson, one of the directors, is the director of I Know Who Killed Me, infamous Lindsay Lohan blue movie. Mm-hmm. Stripper movie. Blue it and check, red. That checks out. <laughs> yeah, checks it out. sure does. <laughs> we did cover that film, uh, listeners, previously uh, back in October. Oh, yeah, for Camp Month. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you have this trash person that's one of the directors in the film. And then you also have Lucky McKee, who has made genre staples like May, which was his big breakout film from, I think, 2002. I love May. May's really good. He did The Woman, which I really like. Uh, it is not an easy watch. It is controversial, um, especially in its gender politics. Yep. But maybe he likes them rape revenge movies. Well, I mean, clearly. Because oh, right, yeah. this is, again, a secret this is rape a secret revenge rape film. rape revenge film. Yeah. Which, yeah. I don't think I realized how many secret rape revenge films there were in the world. <laughs> it's a brave new world. And I just and it's wish interesting. that there were more women. Yeah, a lot of men are the ones making them, which is interesting. But, yeah. Right. Well, a lot of men make lesbian films, too. Hmm. Not sure why. Hmm. Well, or maybe I yeah. do know why, and I just don't well, like it. No. But it, it's it's ironic, though, again, considering we just consi- we just covered Hostel Part 2 last week, which is a, I mean, a lesbian film directed by one of the biggest bros out there that is not super ogly and male gazy. But then we have this movie from two men who, at least I, I feel like from um, Lucky McKee, who typically avoids that, but then they do that in this movie. So it's like a flip-flop of, like, role reversals. I don't know. Okay, so full caveat, I have not seen The Woman, but I've heard that it is gratuitous in its depiction of female suffering. It is. I mean, like, it's, I mean, again, the premise of The Woman, for anyone who doesn't know, is basically this family, it's a preacher and his family, um, Angela Bettis is the mom in it, find this feral woman, played by Pollyanna McIntosh, and the father thinks that he can, like, tame her and civilize her, so he chains her into their, like, farmhouse or basement or whatever, and tortures her essentially there's also rape there is bathing her or spraying her with boiling water it's a bunch of shit which of course ultimately leads to a final act of revenge revenge but that's <laughs> that's a movie we actually might be able to cover that one day in this podcast just to like because again it's not an easy watch and some people think it's feminist some people think it's misogynistic it's walking yeah. a very thin line and I, I understand both sides of it which i don't think is dissimilar to what's happening here only with perverted comedy Oof. maybe Oof. yeah did you laugh a lot in this movie primo i laughed <laughs> <laughs> at the movie? not with but with at the movie. yeah i would say more <laughs> at but i want to say this trace you made me think this was like the worst movie ever made the way you talked about it it was like i was expecting something way worse than what i saw it was not well that's good it, yeah it was not half as bad as the way you made it out to be i was like oh okay i mean granted fr- the very f- beginning like the first introduction with the one mm-hmm. cheerleader that was the cringiest part to me of the whole thing. Oh, see, I liked all that. Oh, my God. It was horrible. <laughs> when she says blew up his balls, not blew up, like blown up, like the color blew, uh, blew up his balls. Yes, which I love. If you watch it with the subtitles, you're like, oh, I died. Okay. I was like, what? That's, I immediately wrote that down because I feel like I have to use that maybe in a song. Who knows? Well, a, a lot of this movie is very, and th- I mean, this is something we discussed before, too, is but it's, it's adults trying to write teen speak mm-hmm. and it doesn't. Work. Like, no one talks like a lot of these girls do. It's not like 
So the reason we're covering this film right now is because um, this is our anniversary month. This is our one year of the podcast, and we're trying to mirror films that we did the first month last year. So last year we did Jennifer's Body, which is also a killer man-eating cheerleader movie. So this is our match for that. Mm-hmm. That movie definitely has quote-unquote teen speak, but it's Diablo Cody teen speak, which is just its own language. Just its whole other thing. Actually, it's probably closer to your language, Primo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But I I will say, I guffawed once in this movie. And when we get to that joke... You guffawed? I guffawed once. Oh. Was it when Martha farted? No, I did not. I did not laugh at that. But you're laughing right now. (laughs) It's so outrageous. Come on, hot girls farting. That's Oh wait, that's just a different porn category. I wanted more. It's... I wanted more hot girls farting. Oh, that's what got you. Yeah, that's what gets you going. Good. It was blowing up my balls. Ooh, ooh, subtitle for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Blew up my balls, hot girls farting. <laughs> so, yeah, there is no box office information for this movie. I couldn't even find the budget, but obviously it was more than $25, which is great. Reception is kind of split down the board, which I was surprised by. We're looking at a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, average score of 4.96 out of 10, an audience score of 34%, with an average score of 5.6 out of 10. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's down the middle. Yeah. Metacritic score of 45 out of 100, with a user score of 58 out of 100. No one really stands out among the cast and crew besides the two directors, so... Among the cast? Because the cast has that one girl from Rain. Have you ever seen that? Oh, right, which I never watched, but I heard was (laughs) actually surprisingly good. Oh my gosh, no, it's so bad. I hate watched it with my mom. I mean, it's so bad, it's good. I think that's why people liked it, because they love to make fun it of it. It was so bad. It was just like, we would we kept watching it. We started it because the, the woman from Anna Green Gables was in it. And we stayed. <laughs> we stayed it's for It's basically the a show made entirely with Canadians and Australians. Isn't that like all CW shows, though? Yes, correct. <laughs> okay. I mean, again, I'm not shitting on CW. We, listeners know I love me some CW, but I mostly stick to the Berlantiverse. I mean, hey, we're just like Meghan Markle here in the Commonwealth countries. We're trying to become financially independent, so we got to go work for the CW for pennies. That's true. Topical jokes, people, coming at ya. <laughs> we're already dating this episode. It's coming out in two weeks. That's true. Well, maybe it'll get in, turn into an even bigger thing. There you go. Yeah. The queen's got to wade into this shit. You know yeah. she has opinions. Um, I, and I don't know her from anything, but, oh, God, the girl who plays Lena is Sat. Oh, Shanoa? I've got it. I've, I've got it. I've got it written down phonetically. Okay. It's Shanoa Smith-McPhee. Oh, good. So I was right. Shanoa. Wow. I'm mm-hmm. awesome. So she is the sister of Cody Smith-McPhee, who is a famous oh, person. Oh, that annoying kid. Yeah. What? No, he's like, he's really cool. I like him. I need I need help with these people. Lena, which one was she? So she was um the, the Wicca. She's the god. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. The film's take on god. Her brother is the little boy from The Road, uh, Let Me In, the Let the Right One In remake. He plays Nightcrawler in the latest X-Men movies. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, y'all know who that know is. know him. <laughs> yeah, I love, I've got a poster of him on my wall. But yeah, the other girl that uh, I, I don't I don't remember her in this movie, but uh, she's in it from a movie that I don't really like that much that may pop up on this podcast at some future date is um, Amanda Grace Cooper. Now Amanda Grace Benitez. She is, plays Hannah in this movie, but she is from a, mo- a slasher movie that came out ooh, two years ago called The Ranger. I don't remember her in that at all. I don't remember her in it either, but I don't like that movie. <laughs> Never saw it. Okay. It's on Shudder, so if y'all want to he- hear about that movie, or see that movie, uh, go there. Yeah. Okay, Joe. All right. Take us Are off. Are we all ready? 
I think so. We've got three pages of just nonsensical shit happening. Three pages for this movie? Oh, that's the plot. Plot, yeah. plot time, guys. You guys should have a jingle for this part that's like, plot, it's plot time or something that you We're play. We're not singers yeah. like you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> listeners would beg to differ the amount of times that you have forced me to hear you. Oh yeah. Oh god. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't sing. I just like I, I repeat things that are sung in movies sometimes. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Um. So yeah, all cheerleaders <laughs> die. Okay. The film opens on high schooler Maddie, Caitlin Stacy, or Stacy. Uh, I was gonna say St- it's only one S, so it's Stacy. Okay. Stacy. Whatever. I'll never pronounce it again, so it doesn't matter. Okay. And she is editing a video project for school in which she follows various students for a day. And the student in question is head Blendhound Bitches cheerleader Alexis Lexi Anderson, played by Felicia Cooper. Are y'all a little mad that she's not in the rest of this movie? No, she she made me so (laughs) mad. Like, as soon as it started, I went, okay, I see what Trace was saying. It's so bad. This is so fucking stupid. And then when she died... A warm, fuzzy feeling went. Th- Actually, you know what? I think she blew up my balls. Her death. <laughs> it really. Okay, so here's the thing: the level of stupid that this intro is is how stupid I wanted the rest of this movie to be. I don't think that's sustainable though, no. because this is a lot in it a is. short amount Ooh, of time. It's the, like a lot she is a said, lot, here. and it was like pseudo racist. You know what it reminds me of though, Joe, is the opening scene of Detention. I mean, that, that movie obviously is better and does an opening scene better than this movie. But it's very similar in the sense that like, we're just following this bitch around for a bit before she dies. Bitch, Correct. that's true. Boys be dogs, girls be bitches. <laughs> that line. Yes. Lexi needs to go back to feminism school. I Ugh. hate that. I mean, I don't know if, I, if it's just that I dislike Terry or if I hate the actor that plays him or both. But man, that, that is, I hate that character. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, Lexi is kind of the worst. She spouts bitchy catchphrases. She macks on her boyfriend, Terry, who is played by Tom Williamson. And generally, she just acts like a huge bitch. Yay, Yay. Lexi. Mm-hmm. And then the video segues to cheerleading practice at the end of the day where Lexi, and this is, I want your feedback on this in a moment. She seems to do this in an attempt to impress Maddie, question yeah. mark. Falls on her head attempting a stunt and dies. Uh, okay, so even though Lexi's dating Terry, it seems like Maddie's all over these girls. Because even the end of the movie, it's Lexi crawling out of the grave yelling Lena's name. Which would lead you to believe that they had a thing together. So I think they're all just a bunch of lesbians Yeah, because it's a typical straight male fucking... All all (laughs) women are fucking making out at their slumber parties and finger-banging each other behind the scenes. They're all, you know... Literally finger-banging in this movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of... If girls are hot, they're probably touching each other, they're probably kissing each other, but... But they'll go back to boys. Well, it kind of feels like an ironic commentary, and I don't know if this is just me giving these two directors and writers too much credit, but it feels like this is all very tongue-in-cheek. Like, Uh, hey, aren't we getting you off with all this lesbian shit? Based on the rest of the movie, I think you're being very generous. But that's the thing. (laughs) Based on McKee's filmography, I would give him the benefit of of the doubt, but so much of this movie, it's like, maybe they did think they were doing that. Maybe they thought they were being like parodying this mentality and they were being subversive it Mm -hmm. doesn't come across that way at all to me no i think you're right it definitely comes off as more 
tantalizing for male viewers. Yes. Look mm. at these hot girls. Yeah. So at this point, we get our title card, and then we flash forward three months later to the day, the last day of summer. Uh, no, two days before senior year, because that's apparently important. Well, maybe it was well, it was because they were doing tryouts. That's why yeah, I was which a couple to me days is also before. shocking. I think you would have had the squad ready to go for the beginning of New Year. I don't know you'd be doing this a day before class. Well, no, 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 no. wait. Well, if you want to ask an expert, a cheerleader, you? myself. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> when I don't were the know. eighth grade cheerleading tryouts? <laughs> I think that we tried out maybe at the end of seventh grade or something. Yeah, or so in the summer the before. The yeah, I think it I think it was well before because like I guess football starts or whatever. Right? Because I think isn't it like the senior cheerleaders have to pick the girls that are coming in to replace them or to like, you know, be like the, the next set of I don't well, know. Well when I was in eighth grade, it was a judging squad it wasn't there none of the cheerleaders had any say. Oh, so it was the cheer tatorship is what you're saying. There there was some <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there were some judges that were like maybe teachers, and then they brought in some like cheer expert people to judge it or something. Right. In this movie's defense, they did have a full squad until. Well, no, I guess Lexi would have died at the beginning of the summer. Wait, were they even doing tryouts or were they just doing a documentary on cheerleading? Because Maddie was filming Lexi like to, for that. Oh, that's what I thought that was. This was a school project that Maddie is working on. Because if you see the video at the beginning of the day says student number four. So she had done three other students. Oh, right. Okay, that makes sense. Jesus Christ. Maybe you would like the film more if you paid attention. No. (laughs) Okay, admittedly, so I was fighting a migraine all of yesterday, including when I went to go see Underwater. And then I came home and it was gone. But by the time I came home, I was so out of it still. And then I watched this and it was like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And that's how I watched this. So sorry. So you're admitting that you've not you're admitting that you've not watched this under the best of circumstances. I mean yeah, I'm admitting that, but I've seen it before, so I can fill in the blanks. <laughs> I mean also in his defense it was not easy to pay attention to some no. of it. Like <laughs> It's a very ADD movie, which normally is fine for me, but it just again it, it was not holding my attention. But anyway, sorry. Continue three months later, two days before senior year. Yes, so we have a slow montage of football practice as Maddie attempts to prove her medal during the cheerleading auditions. And these are, of course, now fronted by bitchy second-in-command Tracy, played by Brooke Butler. I do like her. I think she's actually pretty good in this movie. I think she's probably the closest we can come to a likable bitch. Yeah. Like the kind of character mm-hmm. you normally cheer for. Right, but I actually think the actress does an admirable job. Like, she gets the most, like, gross shit to do in this movie, and I think she's having fun with it. Yeah, she's selling it the best, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, for some reason, this also includes whooshing sounds whenever the two girls do their moves. Did you two catch that? <laughs> no, I did not catch that. <laughs> I don't understand at all. It sounds like wind moving whenever they do their motion, so it's like, they'll do a cartwheel and it's... Whoosh, <laughs> well, okay, but see, that that lends itself to, like, kind of parody, which I, I would have appreciated more. Right, again, going to these butt shots, if they had, like, just literally gotten up in these girls' asses, that would have been, like, funnier to me, because then it's like, oh, they're obviously spoofing. They're over, they're overdoing, like, this technique that, you know, men do in movies, male directors. But I'm okay with that. It, also, it's kind of like in a slasher movie when they pull out a knife and all of it, it makes that, you know, mm-hmm. metal sound. Schwing! Yeah, exactly. Okay, so shocking no one, Maddie ultimately makes the team. And that night she confesses on her video blog that she thinks the cheerleaders are bitches and she's only infiltrating the team to ruin Terry's perfect senior year. Woo! There we go. Yeah, here we go. It could have started there. That's where it could have started. Yeah, you're thinking to yourself, okay, plot. 
good. I know where this film is going to go, except this comes to nothing. Nothing. Well, sort of. Well, sort of. of. But the, the, what they what it came to, it could have been a million other things that they didn't need to have that whole introduction. It should have just started with her trying out for the squad and then saying she wants to ruin them. Oh, I think watching that girl like break her neck is kind of fun. It feels like a holdover from maybe the original film. Can't confirm. Was unable to find any information about it. But right. it seems like the kind of thing where they said, like, the starting point, the genesis of the story was head cheerleader, super bitch, breaks neck. Yeah, like it was almost improv. Uh, like, they thought it was going to be a really awesome way to kickstart mm-hmm. this film. Boys mm-hmm. be dogs, girls be bitches. They had to get that Yes. Out. Bad bitches for life. Get that on the back of my truck. She says mm, that, and then after the she goes gangsta, and I'm like, hmm. Ooh, that's a product of like not this time period. <laughs> <laughs> but we can all agree that Lexi was pretty much a functional idiot, right? Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like everything that she says should not be taken with a lot of credit, except for blow right. up his balls, and we should all take that yes. with a lot of credit and <laughs> use it, make it part of our vernacular. Yeah. Coming soon to the Horror Queers merch store. <laughs> Blew up my balls. All <laughs> uh, right. So, yeah. So she's going to ruin Terry's life. So let's go to a party. And as she's headed out, Maddie is confronted by the film's take on goth lesbian, <laughs> Lena Miller. Well, her ex-girlfriend, mm. Lena Miller. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Oh, sorry. I thought, okay, fine, go. <laughs> So it is not so subtly hinted at that the girls have fooled around, (laughs) fucker. (laughs) In fact, Lena has even named her pussy, little Madeline, after Maddie. No, not not buying into this one? The punchline that comes to nothing? It's, man. I mean, it, it just feels like they're trying to be so fucking clever. That's sad. But get it? It's a pussy that she calls (laughs) up. Okay. I get it. So at this point, Lena discloses that the kitten has actually died, and after Maddie leaves, she then consults a bunch of gems on the street, proving for the first of many times that she may be a decent witch, but she sure sucks at hiding it. Oh, gosh. (laughs) She literally can't resist doing magic in front of fucking everyone. everyone. Yeah. Every fucking time in this movie. Even in the middle of class. Like, she's fucking rocks and... That killed (laughs) me, that scene. I'm like, what in God's name? (laughs) It's like... And there's only one person who looks at her when she does it. No one notices. (laughs) And also, they did a... They did that whole scene of him saying, oh my God, you won't believe what I saw or whatever. And it was like... I don't know. The whole thing was just so... uh, I'm going to a party. other people should have said it. I'm going to school. I've got my, what were they? Gems? Stones? Crystals. Crystals. They call them everything. In this yeah, movie. I think that every single, like, so they had a thesaurus whipped out, the, the, mm-hmm. the script supervisor. You mean Silvertson? Sivertson, yes. <laughs> I'm just going to stop correcting you. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, and Yes, and Damn it. I'm so bad at that, Joe. I'm so bad at that. Primo, can you help him with his improv skills? You're closer. I'm not good. <laughs> She does live seven minutes away from me. I know. I wanted to do this in the same room together. but No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, I know. I know. He feels uncomfortable when people get too close. <laughs> okay, moving on. Cut to a pool party. We find out that Tracy is confiding to Maddie that she feels a little bit guilty about how quickly she hopped onto Terry's D after Lexi's death. Do you think Lexi would be like, not at me? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of fucked up it's pretty sudden 
But yeah. she does suggest that she had feelings for Terry before Lexi's death. So, I mean, that kind of justifies it, right? And also, they're fucking teenagers, and they weren't married. It's not like they had a 20-year, you know, romance, and they were all best friends. And as soon as the girl died, she took the well, husband. You know, was we like, know what kind of cheerleader you were, Oh, Primo. yeah, for sure. I was taking that boyfriend. Primo, how many girls did you kill on the eighth grade squad? I told you all they're all dead. That's why they can't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I killed them with my gemstones. <laughs> oh, it's maybe my favorite death in the movie, though. Yeah. Okay, so the boys attempt to crash this pool party, but prim and proper religious cheerleader Martha, Rhiannon Johannic, warns them off, including her own boyfriend, Manny, Lee Parker. And at this point, Terry gives Trace, I mean, all of these names. I feel like I'm just saying the names and no one's going to be able to keep track of who. I don't know who anyone is. And I just watched it. (laughs) I I will take a second to plug Gay Lords of Darkness because they did cover this movie. um, I want to say back in like September, October. And I hadn't seen this movie in a couple of years. And so I listened to the episode and they were going through all these names. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck is happening in this movie. (laughs) No. No, I mean, we're literally doing a beat-by-beat plot recap, and even I cannot remember who half these guys are. Manny is the guy who's, like, maybe four feet tall, but not the one who looks like a child who's a stoner. Well, even the girls, though, get more confusing once something happens. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. Writing that in my notes was so, I was like, Martha, parentheses, Hannah, Hannah, parentheses, Martha. I try to do that as well, so we will do it when we get there. We'll get there. So Terry gives Tracy a bracelet. Oh, that infamous bracelet. Yeah, because it sets Maddie off. And at this point, Maddie confides to Tracy that she thinks that Terry cheated on her over the summer (laughs) on the July 4th weekend. Mm. Okay. Very important. It will kind of come to something later it and it was of, broken yeah, like, and that was a big part is that it was broken and yes she he was she's like i can put a new clasp yeah but then it just is on her wrist for the rest of the movie because this movie literally takes place over 24 hours she Holy never shit. fucking fixes that class <laughs> it's just done like she's got magical powers before a gemstone even touches her forehead oh my god <laughs> also i don't know why this movie takes place over 24 hours because that's I think another part of the problem. Yeah. Yes. And that's true. Like they kill <laughs> four people. This or... fucking did your thing, Joe. <sighs> but yes. And yes. And add something. Not yes. And that's true. That that's true is also a yes. So just a pointer <laughs> on improv. <laughs> Thank you, Primo. Yeah. If you want me to move on, you don't say yes. And <laughs> no. <You're> building. <laughs> yes. And continue. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. A new year. I want you to take improv class. I know that's really uncomfortable for me. Uh, It's good for you. Get out of your comfort zone. Maybe toss a girl into the air a few times. Mm. So Maddie and Tracy then share a few chaste kisses in the car while Terry watches and he stews. Oh, that's another thing. That was the lamest kiss ever. Oh, yeah. I actually think that Tracy looks a little into it, but considering that Maddie is meant to be a lesbian, she sure as fuck doesn't look like she wants to kiss this girl. No. But I think that because, like, she doesn't like her. She doesn't like yeah, She yet. still hates her. Yeah, she still hates Tracy, so it, like, repulses her to touch her lips. But it also just kind of seems like they're a little uncomfortable as actresses. Yeah, it didn't look like, it was like a little peck. It wasn't like, if, if they were, like, drunk and at a party and gonna kiss, it would have looked different. 
Well, and this is where we play the game of, do we think Lucky McKee and Chris Sybertson are directing scenes together, or do you think they split duties, and so half the scenes are directed by one of them, and the other half directed by the other? Mm, I feel like they had to be directing together. Well, maybe one day one of them was too hungover, and Lucky McKee was like, hey, Chris, can you handle the lesbian makeout sesh? Thanks. And so he's hovering <laughs> over these girls. I'm, I'm coming across so harsh on Cyberton as if it isn't also Lucky McKee. I'm aware of that, y'all. I'm just riffing. But just again, come on, girls, just kiss. Oh, do we have to? Yes, yes. Just It's okay. Just touch her. Just touch her lips. Just touch him. Touch him. Touch him. Oh, man. That's and will dark. you touch her? <laughs> I'm going to touch myself, and then we're going to do it 80 more times. There we go. Yeah. I mean, there is lots of, like, girl-on-girl kissing in this movie, so. There is. I mean, we're being slightly mean. This movie is actually pretty gay positive. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it, at least they are actually lesbians. I mean, again, I'm labeling. They might not be, you know, bisexual. I mean, bisexual, whatever. They are queer. They're under the queer umbrella. They're not just, like, girls experimenting. <laughs> Yeah, maybe Tracy is, but... I actually noticed that when they first introduced, you know, her witch girlfriend, what's her name? Lena, yeah. When they introduced Lena, they didn't make a huge deal of it, which I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch a movie where this isn't a thing, you know, that it's just they dated, it's no big deal, they dated. Which I feel like was kind of the the attitude about being gay throughout the whole film, was that, you know, yeah, they're gay, Mm -hmm. but it didn't seem to be like a a whole thing i mean other than the fact that they kept making out or hooking up or whatever but it didn't like it wasn't like a huge topic of conversation among like the kids at school or the girls or whatever right it, it normalizes it it doesn't really fetishize it yeah. i mean again minus the a lot of the body shots i mean again we can say oh they're, they, they every... keep showing these girls make out but like that's also just a thing that's not really fetishizing it that's just showing queerness yeah and showing g- women's bodies is like every horror movie ever is like boobs and ass right. and yeah, I did find an interview with the pair of directors, and they did talk about how they felt like they were accurately reflecting how teenagers treat queer sexuality, which in 2013, I think they're actually being a little bit more generous, mm-hmm. but they wanted to suggest that queerness was not a big deal, so they didn't want to make it a big deal. I actually yeah. think the film makes a bigger deal out of Lena being a Wicca. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the point, though. Yeah, like her Wicca is the weirdness. Yeah, and, and I mean it like, is. That's why weird. she's a bit of an outsider. She's, she, she's, she's a little to, weird. She's quite weird. <laughs> she also has some rage issues. She does. It's true. Yeah. So on the walk home, Maddie tosses aside a figure made out of her hair that she finds in her purse, and then she is vaguely threatened by Terry's speeding car. So you're supposed to think her ex-girlfriend is fucking with her. Yeah, um, that's what I that was. was. That was like, oh, her girlfriend's got you know doing voodoo on her. Oh, I yeah, didn't even like to get that. her back. I think maybe because I, I knew where it was going, was. I just didn't think about that. Oh yeah, I don't know. Just a little red herring to throw you off the scent for like two seconds. Yeah, for exactly, it is for like two seconds. <laughs> they didn't do anything to make you suspect it was. It was like instantly. Oh no, actually, well, she's not because this movie has places to be. It has to it has places to go <laughs> in these eighty four minutes. <laughs> we can't linger on anything too long. We are running out of film stock. Yeah. <laughs> so the next day, in yet another pointless scene, Terry and his bros lift weight, and then Terry chastises a classmate who we will never see again about slamming the weights down. And this scene basically <laughs> just exists to prove that Terry has rage issues. Oh, and they were all so fugly. I was just like, Ugh, do I have to watch these people in the Dude, in the room? Right? Yes. Okay. Right? <laughs> Let's talk about these boys. The stoner. Oh. Not Gross. only are they generic, 
but they are ugly fuck as fuck. Lee. Except for Vic. I will I will stand for Vic. It's a little harsh. It's a little harsh to say that all these people are ugly because we would not say that about girls. Sure we would. Yes, I would. <laughs> I 100% fact, would. I'm pretty sure we I'll have. say this. I think Terry is fine. He he wasn't oh, like Terry is gorgeous. Yeah, he's, okay. he was fine. He looks like a model. Oh, I mean, I meant Foyne. I'm sorry. Yeah, Terry is Foyne, but the stoner guy was he's disgusting. A baby yeah. The guy that was slamming the weights was heinous. <laughs> pretty much all the rest of them disgusted me. Everything about them. I think Martha's boyfriend was the funniest to me just because she she's a taller actress, the woman who plays and her. And he's so short. And he's so short. So I actually thought he was kind of cute. Ugh, I thought he was gross too. He had like an emo thing going on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 2013. <laughs> yeah. But he looks like a child, which is probably why you like him, Tracy. Yeah, that's probably Well, why. that's another thing that I noted was that, you know, when I watch a movie with high school kids, I want them played by adults. I don't want them played by people <laughs> that look like they're in high school because kids in high school are gross. Like, it's just gross to me. I mean, I guess on that level, though, they did. I, well, I think the boys, except for Terry, do look like they belong in high school. Um, I yeah. guess the girls kind of do, too. No, yeah. the, um, the girls don't as much as the boys. Like they're from college. <laughs> the boys were the problem for me. Yeah. Those okay. girls have 25-year-old spin class bodies. Yeah. Like, there is not an ounce of fat on them, and these boys are walking around like schlubby losers. Exactly, okay. and that's another thing that when they when they show the freshmen, oh, freshmen walk in, and they're like these hot girls walking in. That is not what freshmen look like. Okay, freshmen are sick. <laughs> they are going through the worst time of their lives. That is like the ugliest you ever are is when you are. They're a literally freshman. sick. They're ill. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. So to show like these super hot girls that look like they're yeah in college, it was funny. Yeah. I mean, my freshman year, I looked like the pimple guy that Lexi makes fun of. In oh the video my at the god, beginning. that fucking that was makeup me. was horrible. <laughs> That's another thing I, I wrote down. A it's budget like, of twenty five dollars. It was. It was. That was bad. That was so bad. They just stuck all this stuff on his face, and that was another pointless thing. They just like really showed that horrible acne makeup. It was ugh. this whole it's movie. Lexi's such a bitch. <laughs> All right. So it's just nighttime again. And <laughs> we're back to partying. It's the night before school goes back in. So Lena observes the cool kids partying in the cemetery. Because when you're looking for cool places to hang out, kids, the cemetery is the place to be. That's where they were in a cemetery? Or like cemetery adjacent? It's like a quarry. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was more of like a It was like a grassy patch. Because Lena's in a cave playing with these rocks. But also kind of out in the open because you can clearly see her doing it. Like, <laughs> she's, she's not, not hiding, hiding in the rocks it. glow. <laughs> no, like this bitch does not know how to hide the fact that she is playing with glowing rocks this entire movie. Well, she's doing glowing, it for attention at first, I think. I think that's like her thing. I'm, you know, Wiccan and this is my identity and this is what I well, do. And everybody watch. And then they have Hannah. I don't, have we mentioned Hannah yet? No, she's coming up. Okay. Because then, yeah, they have Hannah come over to her. I was cueing you. Oh, well, it's not for a little bit. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> why is this plot summary so long <laughs> because we are padding the runtime we like haven't this even movie. got to the juice yet either i know <laughs> it's because we have to introduce another one of these guys so we've got terry second in command george who is played by chris petrovsky and i wanted to include this line strictly because there is a couple of non-pc language terms in this movie so george asks tracy where terry is and she says she doesn't know where he is but he's probably eating dick somewhere I was like, Tracy, really? 
Because guess what? If he is, then good for him, girl. That's not a bad thing. Well, it's, it's that, that internalized homophobia from Tracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're like, you're about to get your third orgasm of your life, Tracy, from a girl. So maybe you need to step your pussy down a bit. Oh, I did enjoy. Okay, well, we're not there yet. But I did enjoy her takedown of Terry. Oh, yeah. It's pretty darn good. Yeah. Okay, so Martha's wallflower younger sister, Hannah, <laughs> mm. then goes up to Lena because, of course... This is, is another thing that bothered me about this movie. Hannah looks a little bit younger than everybody else, but she's also smoking hot, and everybody yeah. treats her like she is always wearing the mascot costume. She reminds me of um, Caitlin Dever from Booksmart. Like, that's who she looks like to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. That's a pretty good comparison. Or Caitlin Dever from Bad Teacher. Okay. <sighs> Same person. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, she's clearly hot. She's a very hot teenager. Oh my gosh. Oh, Jesus. Uh, watch list. There we go. <laughs> so she chats up Lena, and Lena claims that she's using her runes to protect someone. So this is the payoff from like two minutes ago where we saw <laughs> Maddie with the goddamn hair figurine. Yeah. Uh, and then at this point, Lena ominously hints that there are consequences for using the stones to make wishes. So, dun, dun, dun. Yep. And then immediately, we just have Lena following Tracy and Maddie as they go and make out. Sidebar points to Maddie for asking for consent before fingering Tracy to climax. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a nice moment. Points nice. away from Maddie, though, for flaunting her new relationship in front of her ex-girlfriend like that. Yeah. It was mean. That was mean. She was so mean to her. Well, we also don't really get a sense of what their relationship, quote unquote, was mm-hmm. like before this. Like, we, there's no backstory to this other than, oh, they used to date. And I guess maybe we don't need more than that. But, like, I don't need considering more. how pivotal they are to this story, though, I, <laughs> I, I would have I seen more of that. I don't even know that we know that they dated, though, because there's a point where I think Tracy actually asked Maddie, did you two do something? Like, I heard rumors. So it's not like they were public and out. Well, and then it makes Lena look even worse because it's like, okay, maybe they kissed or fooled around once and then she got, like, psycho stalker on her. I got the vibe that they dated and she broke up with her. Like, I, that's the vibe I was getting was that they were that's together the but, and but, then she broke up. But we don't up. know. That's the thing. No, I got the impression they did as well, but I got the impression it was maybe in secret. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. We could easily make the assertion that Lena is acting like a shady, jealous ex throughout a lot of this movie. And that takes away, I think, from the end of the film where we're supposed to be excited that mm-hmm. they end up together. Mm-hmm. So right. it's like, no, you just reanimated your dead girlfriend who maybe didn't want to be with you, but now, now is tied to, to you. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. We'll get there. So Will we? Maybe, maybe never. I don't know. <laughs> The energy of the party takes a turn when a loaded Terry shows up and he calls Martha a Jesus freak. What? Mm. And he forbids the football players from fraternizing with cheerleaders when school starts. And he encourages the boys to sack up and anticipate a gold mine of pussy when the new freshman girls come in. Which is also kind of gross. Like they're going for the freshmen. It's yeah, it's extremely gross. I mean, you know, minus the whole, oh, the gold mine of pussy. But it's like, it's the freshman girls. These are 14-year-old girls. Yeah, it's nasty. Yeah, and they're going into their senior year. So technically, it's statutory rape. Yeah, could, well, it's could like, be. Depending. What is it? It's uh, stoners, goths, smart bitches. Even fat bitches got their charms. Ugh, that, that whole little monologue was just, that was cringy. So gross. It's really laying it on thick, just in case you didn't know, hey, Terry's a real bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie encourages Tracy to clap back, and she does. So she dresses down the size of Terry's dick, which we had a conversation about a couple weeks ago, is maybe not the best approach. Nope. 
And she also criticizes his sexual techniques in front of everybody. So he responds by punching her in the face. Which was kind of funny. Wow, Trace. Trace. It was, I thought that was (laughs) horrific when he punched her. He punched her so hard. Just like the visual of someone getting punched is really funny to me. I feel like it's amusing for a hot second. And then you get to linger on Tracy's cries for about 30 seconds. And you're like, oh, it's not funny. I thought that, I actually thought that scene was good. The way that the girls reacted, like screaming like that, because that is like so traumatic. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like a believable moment. And it at least goes to that they are all, like, friends that have each other's back. Yeah. Just something you don't always see in movies about girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah. although we're about to drop that soon. Well, I was going to say, except for Maddie, who just immediately jumps on this as an opportunity to be like, well, your football career is fucking over, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is still Maddie in the early stages where mm-hmm. she doesn't actually care about Tracy. But yeah. it's, uh, it's not a great moment for her. And it's not a great moment for the other boys because, of course, they do jack shit. Which is why the girls get very upset, and they decide to jump in their car and drive away. And because Maddie has made this threat, and they realize, oh, the girls are going to tell people. They said they were going to call the cops, right? Like, they did. Yeah. They were trying to call the cops. he one of their phones. Yeah, he threw the phone, and so they couldn't call the cops. Yeah, so they take off in pursuit. So we briefly see a moment where Lena is crying in her car. But really, the important thing is that we've got a high-speed chase situation. And the girls hit a guardrail and just immediately plunge well, into a body of water and all die. It's a low-budget high-speed chase, though, because the way that the shot is cut, it's like it, the camera zooms towards the bumper, like the railing, and then it cuts to the guys like, oh, no! And then we cut back, and then the car is all of a sudden just in the water. Yeah. True. But at least we actually see a car in the water. That's true. But we also need to call attention to the fact that Terry purpose... It wasn't just like a chase that went awry. Terry tried to run them off the road and tried to... Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He's a shitbag. Like, there's no doubt that he's a terrible person. He's homicidal. Yeah. So now we know he's not just an asshole. He's homicidal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the girls are in the water, and the guys are at the top looking down, and the only person who wants to do anything is Vic, played by Jordan Wilson, who wants to go in after them. And then Manny, who is Martha's boyfriend, he is stunned. So he's not really doing anything. He just is stationary. And all the rest of them are just like, uh... We should go. So they do. And they just drive away. No big deal. (laughs) No, it's just it was very funny how they like it. it, The only one that seemed really even upset was the one guy. And then the rest of them are kind of like, all right, well, I guess they'll drown and die. Cool. No, like everyone reacts. I feel like very blasely in this movie. Oh, yeah. Which, again, I, I get is kind of the point of the humor. It's like, oh, this serious thing. And like the characters aren't treating it seriously. That's supposed to be funny. But it just doesn't work for me. No, I think you're actually totally misreading this scene. This is about peer pressure and the hold that Terry has over these guys. It's not meant to be funny at all. You're You're meant to just see, oh, wow, this is Terry's power over these guys. He says, no, we're not doing anything. And all of these guys just fall in line because they are lemmings. And when he says we're going to go, they just go. And also, they really didn't care, though, because the next it sh- when it shows them the next day, the only one that seems to be bothered, that one guy, whichever his name is, the one that tries to be noble a couple times. Oh, Vic. Yeah, everyone else is kind of like, uh, just it's like another day. Yeah. They're chilling in the hallway. <laughs> Again, I didn't read it that way, but we can we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. First, we'll we got to get these girls out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches be drowning. 
so Lena rushes to their defense. She pulls uh, the car open. She drags the bodies out. They're all dead. Their blood pooling activates this collection of stones that Lena has on the ground. And at this point, she bites herself, uses her blood, and pleads for their return. So <laughs> then we get a very amusing, not great special effects of these stones slowly rolling back well, into these girls' bodies. I described it as like CGI blood snakes. Mm. Yeah, I actually thought they were eels for a hot moment. Right? But yeah, this, I mean, it's tricky with CGI because obviously it's a low-budget film. Higher than the original, but still low-budget. Yes. And I get that there are some things where you're like, well, we can't do this without the use of CGI, even if it looks like a fucking cartoon. But... Mm. Ugh, I almost wish they would have just found a way to not like ch- change the way it works. J- just have the rocks go into them, you know. Like, don't you don't have to have these bl- these CGI blood puddles, but uh, whatever. Well, the interesting thing is that when we see when there's the scene with Tracy and the stoner kid in the van, the movement of the gemstone looks okay when you do it in high speed. So I think it's the slow motion of all of the blood and the gems that uh, don't make maybe. it look very good. I don't know. It kind of looks like stop motion a little bit. I think it probably may have been, honestly. It may have actually been. <laughs> we need a PA in here to move this rock yeah. a half inch, and then we're going to shoot it, and then another. <laughs> okay, so they, they all get reanimated, and we cut to black. We wake up the next morning. The girls are back in Lena's house. They're all a little bit bruised. They're kind of creaky. They don't really seem to understand what's going on. Wearing different Tracy clothes. Tracy immediately kills a cat. I was yeah. They're all Wait, wearing I'm... different clothes, which is um, uncomfortable. The cat. I, this was what made me what made me guffaw, but the cat made me laugh. I thought that was really funny. So you're a sadist. You no, laughed. You, you laughed like when the stu- girl got punched in the face. <laughs> you laughed when a cat was murdered. Oh my god! No, 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 no. Because it's so clearly it's like clearly a stuffed cat when she throws it. It just and it's a sound effect of row. And so it's just like this like floppy cat that just gets tossed against a bed. It's a bedpost or whatever. It's so funny. Also, she kills it, and then everyone, no one even cares. No one yeah, cares. No one cares. <laughs> no one even mentions it. They just like look, and then they go back to their conversation. Yep. Yeah, so. Maddie watches as Lena does an incantation and just revives the kitten, which means that this cat has now died twice, according to Lena. And again, I don't Got know. seven if, more lives. I don't know if it's supposed <laughs> to mean something, though, because I don't know why we needed that thing about how the cat died when she and Maddie broke up. Well, it's almost like they were stoned right in this movie. They're like, huh, wouldn't it be funny if she had this cat? And then she called it her pussy, and she named it after Maddie, and then it died, and then she brought it back to life, and then this girl killed it again, and then she brought it back to life, and then we never mention it again. That's what that is. I suppose you could see it as a metaphor for the relationship where it keeps dying oh, and then coming Joe. back to life again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've been told I reach occasionally. Okay. It's very generous. So all of the girl's deathly injuries are still present, though. So the punch on the face, the scar on the forehead, all of the injuries on the sides and that kind of stuff, they're all still kicking around. So they've been brought back to life, but they haven't been repaired. And this is important. And this is also when we discover that uh, sisters Martha and Hannah have switched bodies. So the short one is now in the tall one's body and the tall one's now in the short one. And you will be confused for the rest of the film. This is something that, like, Okay, on paper, I think it is a cool idea, but there's no room in this movie for that. No. There's and the enough. fact that it ends yeah. up leading to a bunch of 
deaths and misunderstanding like really because of this relationship we get one death which then kind of spirals into the climax so i don't know like did this movie need freaky friday in it i don't think so no No. had you cut out some other stuff like sure but yeah it it doesn't fly but also freaky friday is only funny when it's two completely different people like one's a you know buttoned up nerd and one's a rocker person or whatever and now we're seeing this weird change but it was two cheerleaders who are sisters who are very similar so it was just no no primo they're so different one was (laughs) religious and tall and the other is short and insecure just miles apart (laughs) (laughs) this fucking movie okay so lena confesses that they are dead and that she's a witch and (laughs) that's supposed to be news to everybody who cares Tracy then hungrily stalks across the street in her underwear. This is the butt shot. Yeah, and it takes how long? Like, this whole scene is her in her underwear. It goes on for, like, two minutes. Well, she she walks across with such purpose, too. Like, like she knows where she's going, despite the fact that she doesn't know no. who this no, person is. She does not know this person. This is not her house. This is not her neighborhood. Yeah, like, it almost would have been better to have seen her sniff and be like, there's human in there. Mm. I'm going to go eat this guy. But right. no. So she, yeah. So she walks into this guy's house. Well, I mean, first she tries the milk in Lena's house, but it's goat's milk and she doesn't like that. So she goes okay, into this other guy's house <laughs> and then is, she drinks I, his milk. The inclusion of this, because she has that line where she's like, oh, I drink half a gallon a day. People think it's weird, but I just do it. Like, what? Yeah. It's, I mean, it was kind of funny, but then I was like, Again, it's like Stoner is right in this movie. Like, wouldn't it be funny if she just really liked milk? Actually, it's a PSA for young women because apparently older females do not drink enough milk and it can actually really hurt their bone density. So really, they're just doing okay. women a favor. Well, that's why you got Sally Field <laughs> doing it. those Boniva ads. That's it. She didn't. She should have just yeah. known. All cheerleaders die. Already did it. <laughs> Beat you to it, Boniva. <laughs> It's the same reason we got Jamie Lee Curtis doing all those uh, yogurt commercials, right? Activia. Yeah, Activia. Yeah. I wanted to say proactive, and then I was like, no, I think that's actually just what Lexi tells the kid it at is. the beginning to use. Oh, God. Oh, good times. Okay. So Tracy learns that she can't drink this milk, and she throws it up. She needs something else. So as each of their stones glow, the four dead girls hold Larry down, and they begin to eat him, leaving only a desiccated husk which is kind of cool i should be clear they're not eating him they're just sucking, sucking up his blood. blood well okay they suck it but then they also kind of absorb it because there's a shot later where like hannah's touch or hannah as martha martha as hannah damn it is touching like the back of uh, yeah, Manny's yeah. head and this blood on her hand and it like just yeah. absorbs into her yeah. hand and yeah. the same thing happens when tracy kills the stoner guy mm-hmm. it looks like right it's well oh we'll we'll get there we'll talk about that shit yeah This is an important distinction from what they did in the original version of their high school film. So when the girls came back in that film, they were literally just zombies. So they lost all semblance of their personalities. Mm. So they said they wanted to deliberately hold on to these characters that we liked before they died. And that's why they are still the same, but they just have to drink blood. Okay, is it that or that they wanted to keep the girls looking hot for most of the movie? Oh, no, Trace, it couldn't be that. Come on. Uh, Bitches. But God, could you imagine how boring this would have been if they were just like zombies? The movie was already so bad. 
Just to like watch uh, these. Okay, that's an about oh. face, Miss Primo. <laughs> that's an about face, Miss. I thought this movie was fine. Oh, I didn't say it was fine. I said it's not half as bad as you made it out to be. You made it oh. out to be like it was the worst movie ever made. I it's think maybe not, you even said something to that effect. It's not as bad no, as you no, made no, it no, out no, to no. be. No, 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 That was Andrew, because I think Andrew actually gave this a one and a half stars. It's, it's definitely not as bad as, as I was expecting, for sure. But it, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say, I mean, it's bad. It's definitely bad. It's just not that bad. Yeah, for sure. I will say I hated this movie the first time I saw it. This was a one star film for me because the pacing and the way that everything happens so quickly in the last act, just I could not. And then this time around, because I knew what was happening, it plays better. I'm not suggesting it's a good film, but it's not as bad as you might think. So people watch this for the first time and thought that it was a giant flaming garbage dump, then give it a second try or I, I would know, don't, wait 10 years don't and then watch it, it again. I, I'm sure <laughs> it's if, not well, worth I mean, it's, it. <laughs> it's free on Shutter and Amazon Prime, but I'm sure if you were on some form of substance that was a downer, you would enjoy this movie. Well, I also want to say I watched this movie after seeing Cats. <laughs> so <laughs> my so you standard probably would have really was, hated it. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, Cats is the worst movie ever made. So yeah, it made this. It made it made all cheerleaders die look like fucking you know Academy Award. It was the Oscar worthy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, right? Cats was so bad. Oh my god, you guys. I mean, Oof. the voting just ended for the hereditaries, but we did get a lot of feedback that appreciated the fact that we included cats on the scariest wide release horror film of the year. Oh my That's, god! I'm, I'm sure. not kidding. The entire theater was laughing so loud for the entire movie. Oh, it was uh, just, it was so bad. But anyway, back to the yeah, stupid and the difference is that movie cost a hundred million dollars. Oh, <laughs> this movie, not so much. Yeah. Okay, so Larry is dead. The girls are now feeling slightly better, you know? And Tracy's like, hey, guess what? We should go to school because it's not like we got murdered last night. <laughs> Which is fine. And then we get this trademark slow motion walk down the hallway. Yes. And this was originated, as we said, back in Jawbreaker. <laughs> no, the craft. The craft. <laughs> yes, and Trace. Oh, damn the it. joke was. <laughs> yes, and the craft, Joe. Jesus Christ, one day we'll get you there, sweetie. It's fine. (laughs) So Primo, to come back to what you mentioned earlier, I don't think that the guys are not interested in the fact that the girls are there. I think that they're a little bit stunned, but I think more to the point, this is again Terry's influence over them where he's in control of the way that they react and he's saying, you know what? Okay, fine. These bitches are still here. I'm going to deal with them. Oh, so I'm talking about like before they arrive and it shows the one kid who's like traumatized and he's like staring into space. He's going to confess to the teacher and he's like so upset. And all the other boys are standing over by the lockers just hanging out and like talking like everything's normal, even though they think that all of those girls are dead. That's what I meant is like they were just like, oh, okay. I think that just proves... It's really harsh commentary on the way that teenage boys see teenage girls. Like, they're completely disposable, and they can just pick up new girls the next day at school if they happen to have murdered their girlfriends the night before. Again, maybe giving this film too much credit. I think it's fine to see the positive side. Silver lining. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. 
All right, so let's go to class. So we have a scene where everybody gossips about Maddie, and she discovers that her hand wound is starting to hurt. Again, doesn't really come to anything. Nope. Yeah, that was I don't weird. know if we're meant to infer that this is like people blame her for Lexi's death still, or they're just like, hey, what's up with that pseudo lesbian that we've heard rumors about? I don't know. I thought maybe they were saying she looked really good because she's different than last year. She's got like a long. She's yeah, because she is wearing the cheerleader outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, did you hear? She'd be looking Maddie's hot. on the squad now. <laughs> she's a bloodhound bitch now. Well, yeah. yeah. Maybe, I got the impression it was like a all the boys love Mandy Lane type situation where she comes back from the summer and she's like all of a sudden hot. Right. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. So we also have a very peppy Tracy, who is paired with our stoner footballer friend Ben, who is played by Nicholas S. Morrison. Who is like basically low-grade Will Poulter. Yes, yeah. I was, for some reason I went back to, I drew on my early, or my late 90s teen phase, and I was like, he looks like that kid who steals everything and can't hardly wait. Oh, I can't place him. I mean, I've seen that, obviously, we talked about it, but I cannot place who, who you're talking about. Yeah, he's also the kid who has to eat the pubes in She's All That. Oh, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was like chat roulette. I just had to figure out which reference would catch you. There you go. <laughs> okay, so he looks shaken that she is there, but it's mostly like, uh, I don't really know what to do. She's talking to me like I didn't murder her last night. So she's like, you know what? We're fine if you just get me stoned. And then finally, we get Lena, who's actively playing with her fucking stones in front of literally everyone. So this is how Terry figures out, oh, this bitch is tied to whatever's happened with the girls. And then, confusingly, we get Hannah, who is the short sister, who is now in tall Martha's body. Mm-hmm. And she discovers that, oh, people pay attention to me because I'm super hot. Now, all of a sudden, I'm hot. Yeah. <laughs> After class, Maddie confronts Terry when she sees him flirting with freshmen, and she basically tells them, hey, this is a guy who punches his girlfriend, and he plays off her comment as jealousy because they had a fling over the summer. So this is our first hint that the reason that she wants revenge against him has something to do with some mysterious thing. Hint, hint. It's sexual assault. Yep. And we also get the uh, best watch your mouth dyke line. Yeah, so she tells him that she's going to kill him, and that's when George says that line. And she's about to attack George, and that's when she just drops in front of everybody, and people are like, what's this chick's deal? And it's hard to tell. She looks like she could be in agony. She's leaning against the lockers, or she's in ecstasy. So she goes to Lena to clarify. Wait, and also, her back is glowing green, and like no one comments on that. (laughs) But when she first dropped to the ground, I thought she was trying to pretend that he hit her. I, when he, she first dropped, I was like, oh, she's trying to make oh, everybody I didn't think get like, that. oh, oh, he hit me. And then, yeah, the green glowing tipped me off. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, as much as I don't think a lot of these characterizations work, I actually do kind of like this actress. Uh, no, I, I do too. Um, Stacy. Uh, Caitlin Stacy. Yeah, I think I think she's good in this as well. I mean, honestly, I don't think any of the girls are bad in this movie. I, you're right. I think they're thinly drawn, but I think they all do what they can with these roles. They're they're trying their best. Maddie's kind of got the most interesting arc, which is maybe why she works. But the thing that also occurred to me that maybe doesn't work as well in this film is that. 
the film starts off like she's our protagonist and then as soon as she starts hanging out with these girls all of a sudden we've got all of the girls as our protagonists so we go from one protagonist to five and i think also that's probably why they do the body swap is because there's nothing really interesting inherently about martha or hannah Mm. so what makes them interesting according to the screenwriters mckee and syvertson is that oh they body swap that gives like something for them to do but the problem is they're not really that much different from each other at least from what we can see so there's not with nothing i mean like like we already mentioned with freaky friday you know you need two different people there's nothing really there for them to play off of no it's sisterly jealousy so right so maddie seeks out lena and lena clarifies somebody got fucked somebody got killed and i'm going to pe and then the film does the most weird (laughs) trick in its arsenal let's jump back four minutes and find out (laughs) exactly what happened I, I actually did find this funny. This 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 amused me. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it works because it provides the film with an unexpected burst of energy, but it also only happens this one time. Right. And I, th- I think maybe, honestly, I think maybe that's why the pace of this film feels so off. I mean, besides the fact that like it takes forever for something to happen, but the editing, I feel like, is also very slow. It's not quickly edited like a comedy should be, and so it just feels like it's dragging for most of its runtime. Well, that and scenes that don't have a punchline or don't have yeah. merit. And jokes that aren't funny. Got included in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump back for a minute. So basically the reason that we need to figure this out is who got fucked and who got killed. So Hannah is the person who had sex and she tracked down Manny. So she basically used this opportunity to go after her sister's boyfriend, who she's always had a crush on. So they have super awkward sex in the handicapped bathroom with uh, the most uncomfortable shot in the film. The tits? Which is a random insert <laughs> shot of a pair of tits, which is clearly not this actress because there's no head attached to no, it. No, it, well, it, it's it's like the, um oh God, an airplane with the woman with boobs just like runs in front of the the camera as everyone's panicking and she jiggles like that's just what this is but this is an airplane so no. it's not funny it's just like oh tits it <laughs> reminded me of shannon elizabeth in american pie where you're just like here's an actress and also her boobs like <laughs> these do not need to be in here no it it's totally and th- that's why any argument say oh this film is subverting the male gaze no this shot undoes any goodwill that might have built up yeah like it it almost feels like oh all this other stuff that we've been doing no we're also going to give people exactly what they expect and want Mm -hmm. which is two teenagers having sex in a bathroom and one of them has a cold vagina (laughs) (laughs) okay we're getting up to my favorite line though so keep going Much has been made about the cold vagina. Yeah, so Manny is, like, having sex with her. He doesn't understand why her vagina is cold. And, of course, because one of them is having sex, apparently this activates all of their stones. So we have another round of everybody's shining injuries and whatever, including Tracy, who accidentally impales stoner Ben with her stone in the van. Cool death. She inhales all of his blood, and it kind of looks like what you see when they release liquid up in space. Hmm. yes but again it's really bad cgi i actually thought that this was the best special effect in the film this Mm. looked okay to me i just i will disagree with that but that's fine fair enough fair enough but yeah but but, but yeah the the shot of the rock just flying into his face is pretty cool 
Yeah, oh, I thought that so was great. she sucks him dry. He is dead. And we don't even really get payoff to the sex stuff just yet because we we have to have Tracy come over and Lena be like, Tracy, you can't feed at school. We should leave class after we pick up the other girls. And we've got Terry and George discovering Ben's body and also that Lena has the stones in her locker. And also, wait, in this 84 minute movie, it takes about 58 minutes for them to kill one of these boys. Mm-hmm. Just saying. It's just, I'm just pointing it out. If we're being honest, the whole reason that Larry is in this film to get murdered, the neighbor from mm-hmm. across the street. It's to, to get a death in there. It's to get a death and also to prove that when the girls feed, they get stronger. They resuscitate a little bit. Yeah, and that they have to do it like ensemble. But it happens way too fucking late. They get more beautiful and like fresh looking after they do it. Yeah, but like it should have happened way earlier so that we could then start knocking these boys off. Right. From now on, we're going to kill yeah. one of these boys like every three to four minutes and mm-hmm. there's no payoff like it doesn't feel like we're ramping up it's almost like they're killing them by accident yes yep because like ben was not planned i don't i never got the impression that tracy was going to kill him no i mean maybe. i thought she was i thought that's why she yeah why she was like it's fine let's go in this van where no one's gonna see i thought she was planning on killing him well okay mm-hmm. yes but the, but, the but the stone kill that actually happened it. was an accident yeah i think she just yeah it just it was a premature stone ring right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what manny did in the cold vagina yes yeah Okay, so let's come back to them. So after witnessing... Oh, wait, sorry, Trace, I have a feeling that your line is going to be something to do with Nicholas, the handicapable kid who sneers at uh, Manny and Hannah when they come out of the handicap bathroom. Nope, nope, no. but it is Manny's line that's coming up. Okay. So after witnessing her sister have sex with her boyfriend, Martha, in Hannah's body, lures Manny away wait, wait, to wait. A clearing in the woods. Wait, wait, uh, you have missed the line, though. It's when Manny walks up to the guy and he's like, oh, yeah, man, I was all up in that sweet, sweet freezer. Uh, <laughs> and the guy's like, what? 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 It's supposed to be cold, right? I died. <laughs> that sweet, sweet freezer. <laughs> also a t-shirt coming soon to the merch store. Y'all didn't think that was funny? At that point, I was think I was annoyed. <laughs> I think also I was annoyed that he thought a vagina would be cold because just well, like... he was a virgin. Okay, I mean, it's, it's proof positive that he is such a stupid yeah, idiot. Yeah, that, that's right? what but I'm like, saying. Like, he's an idiot. Yeah, but Jesus Christ. I mean, you put your finger in your mouth, you know. You well, put your <laughs> finger in your butt. <laughs> he has never put his finger in his butt. Yes, he has. He is not. <laughs> I don't know. Manny seems like an adventurous kid. Poking the prostate? Oh, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe if a girl did it for him. Perhaps. But just, I was all up in that sweet, sweet freezer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll admit the reason I didn't laugh is only because I thought immediately of a terrible Canadian movie. It's a species knockoff about college students who fall prey to extraterrestrials. Wait, what's it called? What? It's called Decoys. <laughs> okay, that was a sci-fi movie. It is, but it's the same idea. It's basically alien girls who disguise themselves as hot sorority sisters and they mm. fuck guys to death, but the fucking process freezes the boys. So into someone human has icicles. stolen my life story and <laughs> made it into a film. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. But they're Canadian, so you'll have to sue them across international There will lines. be a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah it's uh it's not great but uh it's kind of amusing and it's got oh fuck checks out with my life too not great but kind of amusing 
Yeah, it's got a sort of recognizable lead guy in it, but I can't remember. I want to say Ryder Strong, but I think it's a Canadian knockoff of him. <laughs> oh, there's Decoys 2, by the way. Oh, there's three of them. Decoys 2, Alien Seduction. Um, Decoys is... Oh, well, Richard Burgey from Hostel Part 2. Yes, but that's not who I'm thinking of. Oh, Megan Ori, who was Rob, Robin Hood, Red Riding Hood on Once Upon a Time. Uh, no, none of these men. Corey Sevier? That's him. He's on North Shore. And Lassie. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> and Lassie. And Lassie, which, you know, is next week's movie. Spoiler alert. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Yes, and that would be yes. hilarious. Jesus Christ. I don't, know, I don't know what to do, man. <laughs> you know what? There, there was not a lot for you to work with in that one. So. <laughs> so let's go back to Martha in Hannah's body. <laughs> so just picture the shorter one, luring Manny out into a clearing in the woods. And this is actually the closest approximation to me of Jennifer's body because right. it's like a girl taking a really stupid boy. He thinks that something's going to happen and she just murders him instead. So he thinks he's telling her sister, but he's actually telling his girlfriend that she is prissy bossy. And then she chases him and flings him against a tree. And then she eats him at the same time as we see Lena feeding Maddie in the middle of the fucking quad. This was important because then it sh that, that the part with the girl throwing him, that's when you know that these crystals aren't just keeping them alive. They're giving them superhuman super powers. see though i thought yeah. that was the whole point of the cat death like her throwing that cat get, did that for well me. i could throw a cat like that i mean <laughs> <laughs> Just, i have to i cat like can that. and i have and i will again <laughs> so yeah they've got superhuman strength and i guess that matters later because in both instances you're meant to assume that they don't have control over their abilities either so i think with tracy because it's just a cat you think oh well maybe she just flung it whereas here it's confirmation oh no these girls can smack a human-sized boy you know what 20 feet up into the air against a tree and kill him right she also doesn't feel any remorse for him like i get that like he fucked her sister without knowing who it was but like she was dating him and she gives no shits you don't think that the way she touches his head when she realizes that she's more or less killed him oh i get it's like remorseful I think so. She has a little bit of remorse, but she's also hungry. Yeah, she's also like, well, I mean, a girl's got to eat. Yeah. I guess he also didn't try to save them when they drove off the cliff, too. So This is true. Yeah. I mean, not that they would know, because they were pretty much already dead at that point. <laughs> right. But um, onto this feeding scene, which is played for rom-com laughs, because of the, the score that swells as this happens. Yes. Oh, my God. We'll see. Okay, I didn't, I liked it. I mean, it's not really that funny, but it's, I get what it's trying to do. But it's like one moment in this movie that goes for that. And like, I, why why aren't you doing this for the rest of the movie? It was also too long. That moment was too oh, long. Yeah. Comedically, it didn't work. Things are either too short or too long in this movie. Nothing yeah. is really the right length. It's the title of your sex tape, too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the girls are like, let's get out of class. And they hit the road. 
So this is when George, a.k.a. Terry, second-in-command, observes that the voodoo dyke is picking them off one by one. Uh And when they see that Vic, a.k.a. the only good guy in this film, I did air quotes because he's still not that good. Yep. He is attempting to quit the football team. And this is actually the only other instance where we see an adult. So we see Larry, who's not a character. We see Vic try to talk to a female teacher who is not a character. And then we see Vic trying to quit the football team, and it's just these three football coaches calling him a pussy for quitting. So this film also has very interesting perceptions of how adults react to teenagers, which is not uncommon to YA, to be honest. I know, but again, because this movie is trying to be so heightened in its humor and its just depictions of everybody, I just, I don't know. I never know if I should like to take that seriously or not. It's a big problem. That you yourself you as a viewer, you're watching and you're like, I don't know, am I supposed to laugh? Am I supposed to feel something? This film wants it both ways, which right. means it doesn't stick either one of them. Mm-hmm. So Terry, you know, kind of kicks the shit out of Vic for a little bit. So the guys are falling apart, but also the girls are falling apart. Maddie's, you know, feeling super bajiggity about having all these people in her space. So she goes to take a shower. Hannah discovers that Martha has killed her lover after she had sex with him in the handicapped bathroom. She gets all mad. And, of course, Tracy then watches the blog, and she discovers that Maddie thinks that they're all bitches and that she only did this as a revenge tactic. And and Martha Hannah is, like, farting a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's meant to be this big moment where the girls are falling apart, but also, let's have a hot girl fart. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of a better summation of this movie than the line I just said. It's true. That's the the episode subtitle, Let's Have a Hot Girl Fart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, blew my balls, man. Blew my balls. (laughs) All right. So uh, this is where Maddie confesses to Lena that Terry raped her during the summer when she went to interview him following Lexus's death. Who didn't see this coming? Shocking. But it's okay because it's tastefully shot in black and white. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, everybody. If you're making a film, sexual assault is always okay you just have to film it in black and white because then it's tasteful. Then it's and hard. they cut her yeah. telling the story against mm-hmm. part of the scene where he's ripping the... Yeah, he's abducting and murdering Hannah. And the sound design in the scene oh is my God, particularly it's brutal. good. When he's going at her side with the knife. Yes. It's... Yeah. Juxtaposed right. against Maddie, or yeah, telling the yeah. story about being mm-hmm. assaulted. So it's just like, ugh. It feels very icky to me. And, like, we've covered some rapey films on this podcast before. And, like, I mean, granted, rape scenes are never a pleasure to watch. But, yeah, when you're juxtaposing this, not only does does juxtaposing it with the murder take away, I think, from, like, Maddie's confession, but it's also just, like, gross. Mm -hmm. It's gross, and it goes on for an excruciatingly long time. Way too long. We know what Maddie is about to confess, and that takes its time. And it could be okay, but then we also have to deal with these sound effects and Hannah screaming, and that goes on for a very long time as well. So I suppose we probably should have said trigger warning at the top of this episode. But Yeah, uh, we'll put it in the show notes. 
Oh, we, we did. There was another line that I chuckled at, though, when they're watching the video diaries and then Maddie walks in and she's like, Tracy, that was like a week ago. I didn't even know you then. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's not. It's literally. <laughs> well, I guess she she recorded it a week ago. Right. But, she's yeah. known her for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. My opinion of you has completely 180 in the last 23 hours. <laughs> that is an effective moment of humor for me. And the delivery delivered by, delivered by Stacey was pretty good. And I just, yeah, I wish there was more of that in this movie, and it's not here. But I'll be honest, I don't even know if that was a joke. Oh, I don't think it was. A, I don't think it was a joke. I don't at oh, all. I took it as a joke, totally. No, I think the fart is the joke. And this, yeah. this is meant to be like, joke, no, Trace. our friendship. I actually do care for you. Let's kiss again. <laughs> That's the subtitle. The fart is the joke. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, the movie's too concerned about rushing to this cemetery climax. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Good transition. Thank Let's you. Let's get to this goddamn cemetery. Well, the problem is, is first we have to murder George. So Martha realizes that her sister is dead. So she pulls the door off this van. She murders George, who is Terry's second in command. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Terry has consumed the gem out of Hannah. So it has burned his hand and he eats it and he starts to develop powers. What a first response. Like to be like, oh, I'm going to eat this. But mm -hmm. also what's interesting is that I know he should have put it up his butt, right? Um, but what's interesting <laughs> to me is that he eats it and then his voice changes to like this demonic thing. Whereas the yeah. other girls had gems up in their butts and they weren't <laughs> talking like that. Yeah, they're exactly the same. It's because he's alive. And or it's dead. because maybe his male energy, you know, mm. is toxic. Ooh. He's like drawing up dark Wicca powers yes. whereas they have good Wicca powers. Yes. Well, Lena does, I can't remember the exact language, but in the climax, she does say that he's leeching power off of them. So mm -hmm. he's like an interloper or something. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're meant to infer that, yeah, it's not just the fact that he wasn't part of the original spell, but yeah, his masculine energy is actually counteracting the feminine energy that the mm -hmm. stones has been keeping them all alive. Yeah. Got it. Feminist reading. Yay! Yay! I mean, again, there are moments of it, and I think that's the idea here. But again, there's just things that just yeah. reverse that. Well, it's like, here's a pile of shit, and oh, look, there's a little diamond somewhere in there. <laughs> I mean, not, diamond is generous, too. I would say there's like a little... Gemstone? I don't know. I'm hungry. There's like, a, there's like a chocolate chip in there. <laughs> you know? And, but it's covered in shit still, and I can't yeah. really eat it. It's up Manny's butt. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so George is dead, and Terry now has a gemstone in him. He's got Hannah, <laughs> and he's just kind of torturing her in front of them because, of course, all the girls have now come back. There's really sappy music as, like, Lena and Maddie are riding their bike together because, again, it's like, oh, they're back together now. Sad, sad music. We're not there yet. Oh, damn it. We've got to kill Vic first because <laughs> I actually feel like this is a big turning point in the film. It definitely affected my first time viewing. So Vic randomly shows up in the middle of this. So it's like Terry, he's got Martha and he's torturing her in front of Lena and Maddie. Oh my God, these names. <laughs> and then Vic, who is like the good guy, shows up and he's like, Maddie, I'm not one of them. I'm here to help you. And she's like, I don't need your fucking help. And then she sees Terry's got his weird voice altering gemstone thing going right. on. And she's like, no, Vic, I actually do need you. And you think, I think for a hot second I did, that she's going to be like, let's all three of us attack this guy. And instead, she just kills Vic and eats him. Yeah. It's a hard turn in this movie because 
Maddie has wanted revenge, but she just straight up murders this guy. And the film presents Vic as a good guy at right. this point. The problem is, is that he's also not a good guy. He's not. Like, he's allowed Terry to get away with all of these things. So initially I was like, no, she just, like, she crossed the line. I can't sympathize with her anymore. But then watching it this time, I was like, oh, right. Yeah, I forgot that she kills the good guy. But also he's a piece of shit. I hated him so more kind of than okay the others. It. I hated him more than the others. I hate those, oh, I'm, those delusional ones. I'm a good guy, ones. but he's like, yeah. yeah, it's like they think they're a good guy. Yeah, like, at least Terry, like, knows he's a shit. Exactly. Yeah. And Terry, because he knows he's a shit, he's more fun. This other guy's moping around. He's still doing all this shitty stuff, but with with no zest. So it's just, like, boring. Get yeah, out of here, He's man. like, I'm a good guy because I don't rape women. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Aren't I a good guy for this? And you're yeah. like, no, that just makes you less of a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, then he's dead. That's great. I mean. Yeah. So he's dead. Me- Wait, so you didn't like that on your first viewing, but on this one you did? I was okay with it. It really took me by surprise because I felt like the film was building Vic up to be a potential love interest for Maddie or that he was going to make it to the end. And then it's not even a turning point. She's just like, I do need you. And then he's dead. And then the movie just proceeds. Like, we don't address any of this ever again. Well, yeah, everything about these last like 10, 15 minutes, it just goes and goes. It doesn't give you any time to breathe, which no. Can and they kill fine. half the cast in these next 10 minutes. I yeah. See, I can, that's the, this is the part that I liked about it, is that at this point, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it was just almost do over. It. Yeah, just do it. Kill him. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. You were like, finally, feeling. this film is picking up speed. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Well, yeah, we'll get to it. Keep going. Well, pick up speed we do. So let's have another semi chase. So yeah, so the girls get on the bike. And of course, we've also got Tracy coming back in the car. And we're chasing the van down. And we're headed back to the cemetery. We're chasing Terry through the woods. And the girls are screaming, but they've gotten separated. They're not working together. (laughs) And it's revealed that Terry has laid a trap for them. So Tracy falls into a pit that is filled with bear traps. And she dies. And Maddie gets caught on a branch above. And then Lena is dragged away to the cemetery by Terry, who wants to know how to use this bag of stones. I wrote in my notes, and there's a big shootout and a big scuffle. (laughs) (laughs) It's a callback to Scream 2. Mickey got a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, this happens so fast. I couldn't even figure out what the fuck was happening to Tracy until, like, maybe two minutes in, was like, oh, she's just got a bunch of traps. I actually forgot a lot about this ending. And this movie in general, I think that, that, that that's why I forgot so much about this movie after my first watch, you know, years ago, is because, yeah, there was no time to breathe in these last 10, 15 minutes. And so it's just like, things happen, and it seems like without consequence to anything, and it just goes. Because the movie is more concerned about, again, setting up a sequel. Mm, yeah, Which, which is, is so sad. <laughs> such like, a bad idea. It's like so <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> Well, it's weird, too, because one of the benchmarks of this film has been this burgeoning friendship that Maddie has developed with Tracy, and Tracy's death is literally off screen. So yeah. we see her, she keeps accruing all of these bear traps all over her body, <laughs> and then we cut to Terry threatening Lena, and then her chest stone, which is purple, glows, and he goes, oh, I guess Tracy's mm-hmm. dead. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? Is she? Okay, news to me. And then we cut back, and for some reason, Maddie has fallen into the pit. She's activated none of the bear traps, so she's completely fine. And she just does a little, I'm sorry. Okay, (laughs) I guess, but also, 
no, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. So Lena tries to get away. Terry stabs her. He manages to knife throw her in the back. Mm -hmm. He's been practicing, I guess. And at this point, he's about to kill her. And then Maddie distracts him long enough for Lena to activate all of the stones. Oh, if I had to see like one more camera frame spent on these stones spinning in the air, like <laughs> I think the, like the shot of that just goes on and on and on. It's because they're scattered on the ground and we've got Maddie nearly being killed because Terry's trying to dig this last stone out of her. And Lena's concentrating and you start to see the stones <laughs> rise. And then we cut back. And then we cut back, and then we cut back, and then the stones are up in the air, and they're swirling, and you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ, Move it along. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a tighter edit would have helped. So all the stones circle, including the two stones inside Terry and Maddie, both explode out of them. This basically aliens Terry, I guess because he had yeah. multiple stones. Yeah. So he's just got a giant gaping stomach wound and maddie is dead yeah well and this is because this is her rage and she's so mm-hmm. crushed that the object of her obsession <laughs> mm-hmm. has died and yeah her rage just pulls them all out because she didn't know how to control it yeah and then she realizes what she's done so she scream commands a stone to go back into maddie and really screams might i add just and really long goes on for too long too long so Maddie is revived and the music swells like I think we're meant to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Like weird. this is a good thing. And you're like, no, you just reanimated your dead girlfriend again. Again. This movie can't read the room. It doesn't do that very well. Like I get it that you probably would want to be alive in quotation marks because she's still technically dead. But they had a conversation earlier where Maddie was like, so is this my life now? I just Mm -hmm. have to drink blood all the time. And Lena was like, it's fine. You can just drink mine, girlfriend. It's like, this is the life that you want for her? Yeah. Yep. It reminded me a little bit of Let the Right One In, where you're supposed to be like, yay, but also no. But that film is so much better in every possible way. There's one line early in the film where they're like, wait, so we're just supposed to live like this and eat people forever? Like, And I was like, thank you for asking that question. <laughs> Whoever that was that said that. <laughs> it was Maddie. It was the line I just okay. talked about. Yeah. yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's one of those brief moments of levity where people actually talk about the fact. Because none of the rest of the girls give two shits. Like, you never see Tracy be like, oh, yeah, we just ate somebody. She's Tracy like, loved it. Let's just go to school. She was loving that. Well, c- because she got that hair. She has the most pristine hair in this movie. It's amazing. I mean, the girls all look very good. Yeah. Even, like, when they do that slow motion walk, and I'm like, oh, even Lena got a makeover overnight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Lena, she's so ugly. She's got pale skin and dark, dark eyes. Dark hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess she didn't have, like, a six-pack of abs because she's wearing a shirt that covers her midriff. There you go. I mean, no offense to to Lena, but yeah, she's not as conventionally attractive as the others, and it's not just her pale skin and dark hair. No, I mean, she has, like, a, a unique-looking face, is how yes. I put it. It's not ugly. It's not, it's not, it's not unattractive. It's, just, it's not, yeah, it's not conventionally attractive like the other yeah. girls are. Right. Maybe cut that out. But no, but which is, it's, well, it's kind of rare, though, because, like, these movies always do that thing where it's like, here's the one that's not cute, and it's a really hot girl that they just yeah, did they something. they put glasses and a ponytail Ex- on. Exactly. 
So yeah, yeah. but I I also find it weird that the most out and proud lesbian is also the slightly dangerous one who can't control her powers and is also not conventionally attractive. Mm -hmm. And she's obsessive. And she's a stalker. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The messaging in this film, I think, is so skewed. Well, I think that McKee and Syvertson think they know what the message is, but then their boyish impulses that they don't realize are detracting from that message come through. Oh, wait, we really are back in Hostile 2 territory with Eli Roth, aren't we? I mean, we weren't getting a close-up shot of Heather Matarazzo's tits as she was, you know, getting killed. It was a tasteful long shot of seven minutes of her tits. Right, yes. (laughs) Over, under. Which one is better? I don't know. (sighs) All right, so let's let's get to the stinger here, folks. (laughs) So during all of this, one of the stones happened to sink into the ground. And of course, since we're at the cemetery, that means it went into a grave. So we get a hand that punches straight through Alex's gut wound. And lo and behold... Terry's gut wound. Terry. Shit. Yeah. (laughs) You are correct. Uh, Yes. Hand punches through Terry's stomach wound. And it is revealed to be... Lexi! She back is from the back dead. from the dead, except that she is three months decomposed, so she's not looking so good. Not looking great. Yeah, and as you mentioned earlier, Trace, she goes, Lena, as though they have some kind of relationship, yep. which this film has literally never addressed. <laughs> and we smash cut to credits that reads, All cheerleaders die, ellipsis, part one. The- <sighs> Fucking that balls. was the scariest part of the whole movie when I read part one. What's actually scary is I would watch the sequel that this sets up because I want to know what the fuck is going on here, but I also don't care. It would just be more of the same. I'm more pissed at the movie for even doing that. So they claimed in interviews, but I could not find out. They never elaborated on it, but they were like, oh yeah, we're all good to go for the next part. We figured the whole story out. Wait, so is there a next part? No. No, they never made it because this film made no money at all. And the reaction was polarizing enough that I don't think they could have even argued, oh, well, people really like this. We connected with our target well, audience. I, I think I think the death knell of this is this. Because as we, like, the 49% Rotten Tomatoes score, it was so, like, meh. Yeah. It's, it's a shrug. It's there, it exists, and I think had this movie either been obscenely bad or really good, then yeah, we'd have a sequel. Because it's one of those, like, yeah, like you said, a shrug. That's why we're not getting one. Yeah. Well, after this episode comes out, maybe it's going get, to get new life, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know? Maybe you guys can start the campaign. It's oh, true. God. This podcast is the gemstone that will revive the sequel plans. Oh, yes. A slow-moving gem- gemstone. It's yeah. just, it's really go frustrating. They're going to write up their butts and they're going to yeah. write part two. Well, I mean, I put, I, I went in my jewelry box and I just like got like a ring and just put it up my butt before we started recording. I just wanted to <laughs> oh. be in character. So oh, my butt plug's in right now. So it's good. Oh, great. Guys, good. just be careful. When you make a wish with a butt plug oh. and a ring, there are consequences. There are consequences. <laughs> the delivery of that was so ominous. And it's like, it's the moment where the movie's <laughs> taking itself so seriously. And it's like, why are you doing this movie? And also, there were consequences, but they didn't even really play up those consequences. It was kind of like one person said, like, oh, I have to eat people? Oh, okay. Her, no, her consequence, though, was that she traded bodies with her sister. Because she wished clearly for something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she, I think her wish was probably like, I wish I was in your skin so that I could fuck Manny. Or I wish mm-hmm. I had Maddie or Martha's life or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 
But it was a good consequence because she get, did get to fuck him and she liked it. So yeah, that's. Really... I mean, sex positive in that way. I did love the fact that Manny in that sex scene was like, "Are you sure you want to have your first time in a handicapped bathroom stall?" And she's like, "Take off your fucking pants." <laughs> You got to respect a girl who just goes for the D. But he was all up in that sweet, sweet freezer. That sweet, sweet freezer. (laughs) An icebox, if you will. (laughs) He said it with such conviction. (laughs) This is the best line delivery in the movie for me. Yeah, so listeners, I want you to, after you've listened to this, if you have not watched this movie, we want you to watch it. And then we want you to watch decoys and tell us which one you think is better. I actually want to go watch Decoys now, and the second one, and I guess the third one, since that apparently exists. They're, like, surprisingly fun and stupid, but they err a little bit too much on the dumb side. And the special effects are bad. Oh, I'm sure it's, it's Canadian, so. Well, all right. That is All Cheerleaders Die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, any lasting thoughts on this film before we cut to housekeeping? Primo, <sighs> what say you? This was your first time watch, and I feel like that's the hardest position to be in. Um... Well, you know, I'll say this. If there were a sequel, I'd watch it. So, I mean, I I would too. I I would watch it. I'm intrigued by, I guess, the stupidity of it. I don't know. I didn't hate watching it. Like, I thought it was stupid and I hated the movie, but I didn't hate watch it. I was like, oh, okay, this is dumb, but I was like laughing at how dumb it was. So, I don't know. If you give it a group of friends and watch it, it's a good one for something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Better than cats. Got it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, better than cat yeah definitely uh, two paws up put that on the blu-ray cover <laughs> yeah i i know this is like the cliche question to ask now but i'm always like what would this movie look like if a woman directed it you know i don't think that's cliche i think that's a question we need to keep fucking asking until more women are allowed to make movies yeah well i mean it would look like jennifer's body that's what it would look like <laughs> i mean kind of so here's here's a question for summation what is this film's biggest problem is it the script that can't nail the tone? Is it the, like, a really terrible job with pacing? Some of these editing in which scenes go on for too long or not long enough? Like, what is the biggest problem with this film? I'm going to say it's the tone juggling problem. Because I if it committed to one, I could take bad pacing. Because at least either A, I'd be consistently laughing, or I'd be consistently invested. Or hmm. maybe both. Who knows? So I think that's my biggest problem, is it can't figure it well, Also... It's not funny. I I didn't laugh except for like two or three times in this movie. And again, one of them was that fucking freezer line. Right. Mm -hmm. It is interesting, though, to think of this in comparison to Jennifer's body. Because like if you look at the reviews for this film, the comparisons that people fucking draw out. So they call on Mean Girls, Heathers, The Craft, Jennifer's Body, and a couple of other ones. It's basically anything where girls are behaving slightly badly, but there's also an element of friendship. And I found all of those choices uninspired except for Jennifer's Body because not only does it have the very obvious comparisons of a cheerleader who eats dumb boys, but... I think you're right, Trace. Like, that is a film that nails the differences in tone, Mm -hmm. but also has whip-smart dialogue that helps to distinguish it from other types of films. Yeah. You could argue that it it didn't work for people because that's why it didn't do well at the box office when it first came out. But I see such a stark comparison between this film and that film. But this movie is not going to get the same resurgence and reappraisal that Jennifer's body has now. Oh, God, no, no. I mean, I can't help but wonder why that is. Like, they're so similar, 
And I think you're right. If this had have nailed its tone, I think we would be talking about this movie in a completely different way. Yeah, I, I agree. This is not going to have the same Lego Siege Generous body. It's not a good movie. Um, I'll probably never watch it again. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Before we announce what we're covering next week, Primo, what do you want to talk about? What's going on in your life? What do you want to plug? Well, I have a new single coming out on Valentine's Day called Possession, and it's a steamy, sexy one. You can find more of my music on Spotify. Primo, if you type in like Primo to the max, you'll find my album on Spotify. PrimoTheAlien.com is my website. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all that. Twitter, PrimoTheAlien, and Instagram, PrimoAlien, because some hoser is squatting on Primo the Alien on Instagram. <laughs> what? And ruining my life. They have zero <laughs> posts, zero like, followers. Get me back my brand, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, I've messaged them multiple times. I've like reported them to Instagram as spam. I've done all this stuff, but yeah, so. I was just like squatting on the, on the handle. <laughs> and actually in the picture, they have one post, one post, and they're squatting in the picture. Our oh my person God. Is, yes, a person is squatting. <laughs> and I think that I think the profile picture is the Scream mask. Oh God, no! Don't yeah. don't don't sully the name of Scream. Yeah, I'm Ugh. pretty sure. So yeah, on Instagram it's just Primo Alien, not Primo the Alien. Uh, listeners, I would highly recommend you go check out her music. It is um like I mean I, I would describe it as like 80s synth pop. Yeah, but nice. I've been to a couple, a handful, if you will, of Primo shows, and uh, it's really fun music. Oh, and I have one other thing to plug because this comes out. Yeah. On the 22nd, right? Mm-hmm. And that means you have a whole week to vote for me for Best Electronic Artist. The Austin Chronicle nominated me for Best Electronic Artist for the Austin Music Awards. Please go vote for me. I'm trying to beat Ghostland Observatory. So, Ooh. yeah, I need the <laughs> <Yes>. votes. <laughs> I don't even know why I didn't think about that. But yes, yes, please go vote for her. Go Google Austin Chronicle Music Awards. And you don't have to vote for all the categories. You can just vote for the electronic one and submit it. It's totally fine. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, well, um, on that note, then, thank you. Oh, Primo I have one joining. other thing to plug. Oh, go ahead. My butt with a gemstone. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> you should use that wish to get that Instagram handle. Look, yes, I should. the lube on my butt plug is dry already, so it's going to real, be a real bitch to pull this out. So I've got to like, cut and run. So let's go. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you'd like to contact us... <laughs> You can visit our Horror Queers Facebook page or join our exclusive Horror Queers Facebook group. Tweet us at Horror Queers or email us at horrorqueers at gmail.com. If you got two seconds, head over to iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. Uh, if you want even more content, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash horrorqueers. Uh, we've got episodes up on the new The Grudge and Underwater, uh, as well as an audio commentary on Scream to pair with our episode on Scream 2 that dropped a few weeks ago. Joe, mm-hmm. what are we talking about next week? All right, so we've got one week left in our anniversary month, which brings us up to our swim fan comparison trace. Mm -hmm. So initially, we were thinking of doing something a little aquatic themed, and then we decided, you know what? No, we need to go with some unrequited love. So we're going to be checking out The Boy Next Door with J-Lo. On its fifth anniversary. Oh my god. Mm. I'm already regretting this decision, and yet somehow I think it'll be masterful. I saw this movie in theaters opening weekend. It's a treat! It's a treat! And I'm excited to talk about it. And we also have a guest coming on who is a professional boy-next-door expert. I don't know why this person is this way, but they are. So, I mean, there's a lot of questions to ask about why this person is the way they are. I don't, Yeah, that, that's very true. So yeah, please tune in for that next week. 
And on that note, I think we can cross out all cheerleaders die. Yes, and cross out horror queers. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.